Welcome everyone to the Design 101 podcast. My name is Amanda Gates and I own Gates Interior Design in Nashville, Tennessee. My company specializes in living a stylish and holistic life. My goal with this podcast is to celebrate all the blessings that we receive from a well-designed life. I hope to introduce you to inspirational people, teach you new ways to live better, and empower you to design your best life through intention. There are many ways to achieve balance and harmony in our lives, but it all starts at home. Join me each month to be inspired, transformed, and motivated to live your best life. Hey, hey everyone, Amanda here with Gates Interior Design. So today I have Rachel Shingleton on, and I know that every single time that I come on this podcast, I always say, oh my God, I'm super excited. Um... And it's true. I always, uh, actually, I always tell people all the time that one of the reasons that I started with the podcast was so that I had a platform to basically reach out to people and geek out and be like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And the reason why I did that is because I really wanted to be able to um, get in contact with these really cool, amazing people doing cool, amazing things. Um, And the you know, the podcast was always a great way to reach out to people and have an excuse to have, uh, you know, 45 minute chat or so. So Rachel and I, uh, actually met at the design bloggers tour back in high point, um, in April. And, oh my God, if you watched any of our videos, we did a bunch of Facebook videos and she's a complete nut and I love it because I'm a nut. And so we got along smashingly and I thought, my God, I have got to have this girl, on my podcast because we're like spirit animals. And uh, one of the things that uh, I really wanted to share with you today with Rachel is just her amazing design aesthetic. Um, She's quirky. She's fun. She absolutely loves color. So she's a girl after my own heart. Um, And she's a really great girl. Um, And I think what a lot of people resonate with her about is the fact that she has this uh, incredible company. She's a graphic designer and interior designer. And she also not only uh, does this blog that's incredible, which is Pencil Shavings, by the way. I probably should have mentioned that. Um, But she also has, um, you know, two kids, a husband. She has like this full-blown life and she really does a great job, I think, of balancing it all. So I really want to talk about that today as well as far as how she manages it all and, you know, plays mom and plays designer and all that good stuff. So today we're going to talk about uh, Rachel and how she got started in this crazy world of design, of graphic design and interior design, how she manages it all as being a mom with two kids and a husband. And I want to know like little tips and tricks that she does for her own blog and and how she, uh, you know, does she have an editorial calendar? How does she come up with her blog articles? You know, all that good stuff and insider tips. So let's get started. Hello, my dear. Hi. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had to laugh because... Um, I just recorded the intro and I was like, and one of the questions I'm going to ask her today is how she manages it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I thought I had to laugh because I I was like, yeah, you know, how does she manage it all? It does it so gracefully. And like, she, she looks so fancy doing it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's called, uh, the babysitters of my house. And I had to, I, they're, all the, they're all there, and so I can't work over there. And then I leave and go to a coffee shop, and then there's all the people. And then, of course, they have a TV blaring the episode of Friends where Ross and Rachel get it on uh, in the museum. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. No. Like, <laughs> I love no. it. <laughs> well, so, take a are. deep breath. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, first and foremost, thank you for saying yes for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, it was funny because, um, like when I was just doing the intro just now, you know, I didn't really know anything about you or who you were until the design bloggers tour. And so it's like totally kick ass that, you know, this bloggers tour, you know, shout out to Adam Japko between the design bloggers conference in Atlanta and then the design bloggers tour in high point. Like I've met so many incredible people, um, 
that like they are kicking ass and taking names and I'm like how did I not know you know about these fine folks like yeah, yeah, I agree I think that's the great thing about going to that kind of thing is you just can't be you know an in-person um meeting somebody you know I mean it's just it beats email every single time so yeah I, you just don't totally really agree. you just don't know uh you know you can kind of sort of get personality through an email and through right, like right. their company but man hanging out I, I was talking about our Facebook videos I'm like I love her <laughs> because she is a complete nut and I dig that because I'm a nut and she is my spirit animal yep I'm right there with you. yep totally <laughs> so yeah so tell us about you know who is Rachel Shingleton? Like, how, you know, let's start when you were three years old. No. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. No. But, like, how did you come about, you know, you're from Oklahoma City, which I think is totally rad that, you know, some of these big-ass, like, big-deal companies are based out of Oklahoma City, which, you know, where the hell is that? <laughs> where is Oklahoma? We're, we're um, in the middle. We're in, we're just in the middle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how did you, how did you get started? How did you become, you know, Rachel Shingleton, who now owns this incredible company, Pencil Shaving Studio? Well, so it's funny because I think the number one most frequently asked question is now, what is it that you really do again? And it's like, oh, well, here, it's all, all the things. So um, I was born and raised in Oklahoma City and uh, went away to college in California for a year. And that was kind of where I really stumbled into design. And I knew I was interested in design, but uh, a class I took at Pepperdine uh, where I was at school was just kind of eye-opening as to how the design, you know, design could be a career for me and it could matter. Um, and so I ended up coming back to Oklahoma to go to the University of Oklahoma and got accepted in the graphic design program. And, and that's just really where I felt like I found my people. You know, I found, I found my, my community of like-minded weirdos. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Art school kids, man. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I just fell in love with all facets of design and I ended up going to France and studying fashion and fine arts and language and all that kind of stuff along the way. And, and for me, you know, I just, um, I'm kind of, I kind of feel like design just kind of cross pollinates. It doesn't matter what facet you're into. I think it all, it all matters. It all kind of coagulates. Um, so I graduated with a degree in graphic design and, um, minor in art history and all that kind of good stuff. And then, um, I started, uh, working for an in-house, in-house, as an in-house designer for, tiny, tiny apparel company. And I really learned the ins and outs of wholesaling and, you know, how to get your stuff out there in front of people and market. And it was just a fly by the seat of my pants kind of year. And after that, I just started um, freelancing and, and kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. And I had a baby. And <laughs> once I had that baby, I was sitting there going, oh my gosh, my career is over. I can't have to do anything ever again. And, um, I started seeing, you know, this is gosh, almost nine years ago. And at that point, you know, blogs were really becoming, um, a thing, you know? And so I fell down the rabbit hole of some pretty amazing design bloggers. And I was like, this is great. I mean, this is such a great opportunity to, to, um, explore my style in a visual way and talk about different projects I was doing. And, and that's really where Pencil Shavings was born. Um, it, the blog was just an offshoot of my own design portfolio site. And, and really, it kind of became bigger than anything else. Um, and, and How so, did you come I, up with Pencil Shavings? So it's funny because on that, on that graphic design portfolio website, I had shot a bunch of photos of my projects and work and stuff like that. And I, I just happened to also shoot a picture of a bunch of colored pencils. Um, and that ended up being kind of the, the, the cover image um, for the site. And I thought, oh, you know, a fun little name for the blog would be Pencil Shavings. That kind of makes sense. And really, that just kind of stuck. Um, and it, it was just fun to me. It kind of had enough personality that it felt like a natural extension of, of me. Um, and and that's, that's really how it happened. <laughs> just fly by the seat of my pants every single day. <laughs> well, you know, I find that with design in general, like I've had other interior designers on the podcast and other creatives and 
like they all talk about how it really is all studios are fly by the seat of your pants. And it's yeah. because oh. I think the, the creative mind doesn't think in a structured formatted right way. Like right. you can't, you can't have structure because then that design genius doesn't occur. I so agree. To speak. I agree. So I that fly by the, oh, yeah. Yeah, the fly by the seat of your pants is really where those ahas, and like you said, like the pencil shavings, it was kind of this offshoot of something that you did, but that inspiration was there to, you know, kind of have that insight of, oh, this really makes sense. But that right. wouldn't have happened, you know, if that little, what seems insignificant thing didn't happen, happened. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you know, for me, like the, the blog, again, was just, it, it was very much a way for me to kind of explore different interests under the design umbrella. So I was able to talk about style or, and, and fashion and, and interiors and, and typography and all these kind of things that intersect in a way that's very natural to me. Um, and, and so it's funny cause a lot of people are like, Oh, are you an interior designer? I said, no, I didn't go to school for interior design. I went to school for graphic design, but I'm interested in all of these things. And I'm very much interested in helping people understand how all that kind of intersects through a, expressing our personal style um, because you know with graphic design you know branding and identity is it's a huge element of it and I think even your basic you know consumer whether that's um, a residential interior design client we are, we're all trying to figure out who we are and what our style is so we can best live that and it's visually express it so to me it's just um, it's been a really great creative experiment on um, pushing the envelope of, of how, how do we, how do we help people better understand their style and express it through design? Well, and I agree. I mean, I think that it all intersects. I mean, I don't know that the first thing about graphic design, but, uh, you know, I feel like from a creative standpoint, we all kind of approach creativity in a similar way and we look at colors in a similar way and yeah. we digest you know, whether it's on paper, in a space, or even a photograph, we all kind of digest it in a similar way. Exactly, yeah. So, and a yeah. blog is a great way to, I always talk, like, I started my blog in 2008, like, back when yeah. blogging yeah. was, like, here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the wild, wild west, yes. and, oh, yeah. you know, it was like nobody was really doing it. I mean, there were some, like, hardcore, like, pro bloggers and yes. hardcore yes. ones that have been out there, and, like, when they started, it was like, what the hell, wait, what is it? I know. You know yeah. But, like, it, it seemed much more smaller, not as much noise, you know. Right. Now it's definitely, there's there's a lot. But I felt like the blog was really a great way to kind of harbor everything into one location, into literally, like, lifestyle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it's a great way to kind of just throw everything into an online box, so to speak, of fashion and, yes. you know, interiors and graphic design and like, yes. um, like I, uh, just wrote a post. It's going to go up in about a week, but it talks about Giselle Bunchen's book. Um, there's this new like trend that I'm starting to see of these super high end cocktail, uh, coffee table books. And so she, did this book of like 300 pages of all of her modeling career. It's like 20 years of her modeling career oh, wow. yeah. and she sold it for a thousand dollars, but they <laughs> sold out before they even hit bookstores. But wow. the cool thing is, is that she put it all to charity. Oh yeah. But, um, she just, uh, the, it's like Tantian or Tatian. I'm not sure how yeah, it's pronounced, yeah, yeah. but they were the ones that put the book out and they were like, you know, maybe the general public, you know, the 99% would like to have a book. Right. And so they just launched uh, a book for $69. Well, you know. Thank you, Giselle. Thank yeah. you. So thank you for thinking of us. Yes. Um, and thank you for taking us into consideration because, yeah. you know, we're like a bigger population. But anyways, I also wrote a book um, about, or a, a blog about Michael Dwecker, and he did the same thing. He released a photography book, and it was the same thing, and it's going for $3,000. Wow. And that's incredible to me. Like, it's just, it's this kind of new kind of way to approach, you know, a coffee mm -hmm. table book that's yeah. unaccept, you know, like, unaccessible for most of us. Um, 
But I love having a blog where I can be like, holy shit, I need to talk about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's it's absolutely true. Like it, it's given me it's given me the space to have a voice. And, uh, you know, at that particular stage in my career in the eight years, almost nine years ago, when especially as a new mom and I was having a major identity crisis of like, oh my gosh, what's happening to me? My career's over and what am I going to do? And how can I ever do anything ever again? I have this tiny baby. And it's like, it was just, I, I really needed the community and blogging gave that to me in a major way. It was that, it was that virtual version of all those cool people I met in art school. And, you know, it's funny because some of my best friends are in real life are people I met through the internet, through blogging and, um, you know, it, it's funny because just think like 10 years ago, nobody would have admitted to having internet friends. <laughs> I know. And like meeting online and then meeting in person. Oh, how scandalous. You no, know, that's like, you're just going to get ax murdered. You know, I mean, that's I'm just going to steal your kidney. I mean, you have to, <laughs> you'll, they'll, you know, you'll be in a bathtub on ice and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But, you have, you have two. I mean, but, they're only going to need one. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and exactly. vlogging back then was totally different. Like, um, I agree. Like one of my good friends, Maria Killam. Yeah. Her yeah. And I started our blog at the same time. And like, it was, it really was this blogging community where there was like 50 blogs that everybody went to every yes. day. And like, yes. we didn't even care about like the outside people. It was just all industry people. Yeah, we were all yeah. going to everybody's blogs and commenting and like starting these friendships. Mm -hmm. And yes. yeah, same thing. Like, um, you know, these people that I met via mine, that's how a lot of us became good friends. And it's not the same anymore. Like we've all no, gotten busy not. and like our, our, our lives and our businesses have grown and it's just, it's different. Nobody takes the time to comment anymore. No, Nobody the takes the time to comments. Uh, well, I mean, social media became the comment monster anyways, you know, and, True. but I hear you. Like I'm, I'm uh, anymore. And, and so I'm really amazed. Like, I don't know if you follow um, Aaron Gates over in Elements of Style. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That girl can have a bajillion comments on the most basic post. And it's like, I don't know where you get these people. But I, I mean, yeah, I can't get people to comment on the blog anymore for a million dollars. But I mean, they'll comment on Instagram or wherever else. But man, that girl can, she can rack them up. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, that just really goes to show her following and her loyalty and, and, oh, yeah. you know, her, Absolutely. um, ability to really engage. And I agree. Like I stalk you, I stalk, um, Holly from the English room. Yes. Um, you know, I have, I, I definitely go to Aaron, um, and a, a couple of others. And it's like, I will, and even Holly, like Holly does an amazing job. Um, she posts every day, which yes, she does. blows That's my freaking mind. Same here. Same here. Um, she posts every day and she can take a seemingly mundane topic and write less than 300 words. She, you know, right. she might yeah. write 150 words. It's totally engaging. It's like amazing photography and yes. same thing. And I think, Oh, I'm going to totally copy that. So like, you know, I, I stalk her and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do something similar and, you know, I'll do it. And like, it totally flops and I'm like, damn it. So I end up writing these <laughs> totally like highly researched evergreen articles. And like, to me, it's like every single article I post has to be amazing content that blows your mind. That's like, you know, really intelligent. You aren't a perfectionist, are you? Oh my God. A little OCD, you know, type A, all of the above. It's ridiculous. And so, you know, I, I try to post every other day and, you know, my blog is different in that Holly and like sketch 42 and like a lot of the blogs yeah. that are out there are, um, I don't want to use the word fluffy, but they, they really focus more on the aesthetics and the pretty. Whereas like mine has a, like, a hardcore message like you know I'm an environmentalist so I need to educate people and like I do feng shui and most people are like what the hell is that so <laughs> you know I do a lot of like educational stuff and then yeah. like I always feel like I'm so disappointed when I go on Pinterest and like there's this engaging headline I'm like oh my god that blows my mind yes I want to yes. know how to you know put salt in the garden or whatever the random thing is 
And then I go over there and like they tell me the what and the why, but not the how. And I'm like, damn you for making me waste time to click over here. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> so when I write an article, like I just want did one for dorm essentials, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna totally make this like a Holly article, and I'm going to make it breezy and easy and light, and it'll take me 45 minutes. Four and a half hours later, like every single time. Yeah. 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 Like I'm just like, I'm making sure that I'm totally explaining, like I did a complete rendering of a dorm room and I went into like all the places that have dorm stuff right now and I'm making sure that I'm listing everything. And then I, I, I went out and actually talked to uh, college students, like what are the things that you really need and want? Like, you know, so like, And so, like, it, and then I'm like, okay, well, it's been a day. I have to write another one. I have to do this again. <laughs> it's you know. a lot. Of, it gets to be a lot of pressure, I think. And I think you can mentally psych yourself out that it's like, oh, I need to go, you know, make this above and beyond amazing content, you know, every single day. And that's just, it's not always going to be that way. It's, but it's, but it very much is a mental, I don't know, a mind trap, maybe. Because I feel that way. I mean, I feel like I'm only as good as my last post, you know. And, right. And, and, and you to some want to extent, let down. right. Yeah. And to some extent I, I try to focus on, you know, like just, just do it, just engage in the exercise of, of, of writing or creating, because if I try to make it perfect, um, it, it, perfect is the enemy of done, you know, I mean, I just have to get it done. So, um, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a daily struggle. Well, and all like I've got five posts. It's funny because I've worked with, I've tried to work with marketing people here in Nashville, and um, I have not been able to work with them successfully because they don't understand feng shui and they don't have the passion that I do for, uh-huh. um, you know, saving the planet. And so right. um, th- they, it just doesn't work. It doesn't jive. And so I have had three of them tell me to separate the feng shui into a quote unquote hobby blog and then just have an interior design website because that's what people care about. And like, it's like, really? But my five most popular, most viral posts are all feng shui related. Right. Yeah. Cause, and you're, cause you're reaching your core demographic right there. Right. And so, yeah. but what's funny is, is that talk about get into your head. Like my, my number one post that I have has been repinned like 75,000 times. It's ridiculous. It went viral. Um, it got me in front of a lot of like newspapers and magazines and stuff. And so I will go back and dissect it. Like what did I do on this one? Isn't that the funniest thing? Like it's, I, I've done the same thing. It's like, what, how did I bottle the magic there? You know? So. Right. And, and like, I can't figure out, it's a pretty, I mean, it's an intense post because it does have a lot of information and I really divulge in a lot of tips and secrets, insider secrets. But at the same time, I'll look back at like my dorm room post and be like, this one is a list of, you know, 25 things and I'm really getting it, you know, and I've actually gone to college students and like I've researched it and I've done renderings and like I've really explained the process here and it probably won't be as successful. And so like I do, I get in my own head, like what made that one successful and why is this one not? Right. Right. So how do you, one, I want to know if you have an editorial calendar, like how far out do you typically post? And two, how do you typically come up with your uh, article ideas? Um, well, yeah, I definitely have an editorial calendar and, and, and it's... Do you stick to it? I, most, uh, mostly. I mean, I, I try to. I mean, I have a few um, like writing commitments, for example, like with Better Homes and Gardens. I know every other week. I've got a post due for them and I, it's part of my responsibility, uh, for my con, you know, my contract obligation to also post about it on my own site. So I know automatically, okay, on Tuesdays, you know, every other week it's going to be that and it's, you know, going to be this and this and this. And I try to intersperse, um, a lot of personal stuff into it. I'm just, my readers respond to personal stories. Um, so to me, it's just a natural blurring of personal and professional, um, and I mean, otherwise it really kind of is on the fly. I mean, I, I can't say that I have, you know, four weeks worth of content already, you know, written and scheduled out. I just, I'm not, I'm not quite that on top of it. Um, so it just kind of, I mean, again, it's a lot of fly by the seat of my pants, but with a loose calendar. 
Um, I love that plugin in WordPress, um, the editorial calendar WordPress plugin that I can kind of shift stuff around really easily and look at, you know, the next upcoming months. And that makes it a thousand times easier. Yeah. It's definitely like, I remember I blogged for years on the fly and would literally the night before go, oh shit, tomorrow's Wednesday. I normally post on Wednesday. Shit, 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 you know, and I would be like panicking, trying to come up with an article. And then I learned about this concept of an editorial calendar and it blew my mind. I'm like, what? (laughs) What? People actually plan this out and are freaking out at 11 PM trying to figure out what to do. This blew my mind. And so the first year I did it, which was actually in 2014, we're only talking two years ago, I put together an editorial calendar and I was scheduled um, most times four to six weeks out. And I loved it because I didn't have... I feel so like on top of things. Right. But then something would come across my desk that was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was kind of time sensitive. Right. And it would be like, well, shit, where... for this yeah where oh, yeah. do I put this and like I've totally organized this in a way that makes sense and like you know uh, yeah. like you know May is all about weddings and graduation and mom's day and like there's you know very specific things each month and so I realized I was like okay it feels really awesome because if I would get super busy mm-hmm. I could float for two weeks and it would be yeah. fine yeah and then I wouldn't have those panic moments but then right. at the same time I felt totally restricted so yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fine line of it's a balance. Well, and I mean, I love having two. I love it when I've got two weeks worth of content scheduled out. I mean, I I do. I feel like such a boss, you know, like right. I'm so on top of it. But I I also feel that like a little bit smothered. Like oh, but I've got this thing I want to stick in here. How do I you know blah right. blah blah. Yeah. And I try like right now. I'm floating right about two weeks out, which I feel really good about. But. I just had like a flood of all of this great stuff just fall in my lap. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. I need to write about that. And I need to write about this. And so right. Right. there are moments when you have, you know, two to three works like, and I still have three amazing articles that I still have to write. That was just kind of like information that came across me. But then I have moments where it's like the middle of August and I'm like, I have nothing um, to talk about. And I think that's like, for me, you know, after, several years of it, you know, you start to see a pattern and summer's a tricky season for me personally, just with kids being out of school and I don't have the same amount of hours. And really my readers are in the same boat. You know, their, their kids are out of school. They're not, they're like, ah, you know, and it's just a slower period. It's the same. It was the same when I was in retail, you know, just summer is slow. And so, you know, it just, it'll pick up again in, you know, September through May. Um, so I, I try to cut myself a little slack and take a little time off in the summer and say, okay, I'm going to take two weeks off and come check out this stuff in the archives and come back, you know, on this date for new stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, it was so funny because I cut back um, in May, like April, May. I was like, okay, like my mind is about to explode because I feel like I'm just bleeding content between yes. yeah. the podcast, the newsletters, doing the, the blog. I also write for the local paper. Like I just, I get to a point yeah. where I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm tapped. Can't do anymore. Like uh, yeah. there is nothing left in my head. And I have literally, because like you, I've been blogging for eight years, nine years now. And it's like, I have literally written about every freaking subject on the planet. Yes. I really exactly. have that, that, you know, fits in with my brand. Yep. Um, maybe I'll start posting about cats or something. People seem to like that, but, <laughs> but you know, you just, you tap out. And so I started blogging. I was like, okay, I'm going to cut back. It's summertime. People don't care. They're busy. I'm going to cut back to Tuesdays and Fridays. I'm just, I need a break and I'm just going to do it two days a week where I was posting four days a week. So la-di-da, I'm cruising along, and then Esther, the editorial, um, she's the editor and the editorial, like, um, main person at the Global Design Post, emails me during the 4th of July. I'm literally at my mom's for 4th of July holiday, and she says, hey, I just want to let you know that we think your blog is amazing, and we have made you one of our top 25 blogs in the world. Oh, wow. Not the U.S., the world. Sweet. So I'm freaking out. I'm on vacation. I'm like, holy balls. 
they are going to send all this traffic to my website and I've been totally lacking ass on my site for the last like two months because I'm on quote unquote summer break. Yeah, you're on summer break. Yeah. And I'm like, they're going to drive all these people to my website and they're going to be like, well, what's the big freaking deal? (laughs) (laughs) So I go in like a downward spiral and I come back from vacation. I'm like, I have to write, I have to write, I have to write. I know. know. And it's like, so like that kind of stuff is so stressful to me because you know, I think I start to freak out. I'm like, oh my gosh, now everybody is looking. It's easier. It's easier to write when nobody pays attention in a way, proverbially, you know? So it's like, oh shoot, I got to figure something out. Right. Well, I was, it was funny because I got that and then they were, and then they put it up on the Huffington Post. And so I was like, oh my God, like seriously, it's the middle of summer. Like I have got to start busting butt here because like the Huffington Post was like the top 25 blogs in the world. And (laughs) and it's like Gates Interior Design, Amanda Gates. And I'm like, all these people are going to be looking at me. I need to go fix this. (laughs) (laughs) So now I'm back to posting four days a week again. Um, So thank you, Esther, for that. Um, You know, and it is, it can be a lot of pressure because I remember when I first started, I did, I had so much to say and so much to share. And actually my writing style and and everything has changed significantly than when I was so lackadaisical back then. And, you know, I would write things that I shouldn't have been writing about. And so it's definitely gotten buttoned up and tightened, but it it definitely, you know, I don't think people who don't do it, I just don't think that they really realize like the amount of time that goes into these articles. And well, and if you're shooting photography, you know, your own photography and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, you're styling, you're shooting, you're writing, you're editing your photo. I mean, it's, it's a serious time suck for sure. Oh yeah. Like easily. I would say on average, I probably put three to four hours into each post easily. Easily. Yeah. With the photography too. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, I, I've started doing videos and stuff and like the videos, you know, it takes three minutes to shoot the video, but it takes, you know, four hours to edit it and put it all together and put all the graphics in. And it's like, people, do you realize what we are doing to make your life amazing? (laughs) (laughs) So what are your three favorite social platforms? Oh, absolutely. Instagram. Um, it's just fun and easy. Um, Snapchat is quickly becoming a new favorite. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so quirky and ugly and rough and raw. And it doesn't matter that it, I mean, it's like, it's just, it's like how Instagram used to be kind of, I think. Um, yeah. Like Instagram, when I first got on, I was posting about freaking pancakes. And exactly. now I'm like, if it's not pretty, it does yeah, like it's not, it, going it's up not there. worthy, and so Snapchat, yeah. I can totally put up my pancakes, yes. and I'm like, this kicks ass, and I, it doesn't I, matter because if you miss it, you know, you throw on a tacky, you know, emoji, and it's just so funny, and it's I, I love that about it. I love that it's um, just it's just easy. We went to Target on Saturday, and um, I totally wouldn't have been able to put this up on Instagram, but it was a kids book, a kids book. With a dinosaur on the front, on the front and the title yeah. is, All My Friends Are Dead. Yeah, I saw that in a dead <laughs> thing. It's so funny. But I was able to snap that. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, this totally makes me laugh. And Snapchat is the place to share uh, something like that. And that's, I think that's why I love it. And, I, and then for the third one, I would say probably Twitter. Um, I just, I've been a life a lifelong Twitter fan as long as Twitter's been around. So, and I, I have to say, I don't really post there as much as I used to, but, um, you know, Facebook definitely falls at the bottom of the bottom of the heap for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that each one has its perks. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. it's got its place. Instagram is like visual porn. Like it is, yeah. you know, like it is, especially if you follow someone like myself or you, it's, you know, we are putting up serious eye candy and inspiration. Whereas Twitter, it's like, it's fleeting. If you miss yeah, it, you miss it. Serious. And like, yeah. you know, it can be all kinds of random things. And then Snapchat is where I feel like we can really let our hair down. I totally agree. I mean, I, I yeah. And I love that it's, I love that it's not permanent. You know, I love that with Snapchat, it's going to be gone in 24 hours and nobody cares. Right. And and it it really gives you that sense of urgency. Like if you really care about behind the scenes with Rachel Shingleton, you have to tune in. Otherwise you miss out. Right. So that whole fear of missing out thing is like serious business for Snapchat. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
which I love, but it definitely has, all of them have their different things. And like Facebook, you have to be kind of careful with because only your friends are really seeing it. And so like, I do love Facebook video. I, I'm on that thing like all the time. I'm always yeah. on there. I can hop on there very quickly. We did it at the bloggers tour. Yeah. I feel like it's a really great way to, in the moment, um, give people a visual of behind the scenes of what's going on. And like, um, I had this great, uh, lady the other day, I put up, um, the secrets to, um, uh, a floral arrangement, how you can do one at home. And so yeah. it was this great little post and I suggested like really great places to get, um, flowers. Well, she emails me and tells me, Oh my gosh, well, you forgot about flower farms. And I'm like, what the hell is a flower farm? <laughs> you know, like I know that there are farms that, that, you know, grow flowers, but she was saying that there are actual flower farms that are open to consumers where you can literally go and get your own flowers. Awesome. And there's actually a website where you can get them nationally. Like all of these flower farms are starting to open themselves up to where consumers can come and pick their own flowers. And I was like, Oh my yes. God, this is amazing. So really hopped on Facebook and shared that with my, my fans and my friends. And I did it on Snapchat and I loved that I was able to do that in an instant. I'm like, screw blog yes. post. Like <laughs> oh, just easy peasy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, and I, I, I appreciate it for that part, but do you find that, do you ever get overwhelmed with all of it? I mean, here you are, you're a mom, you're raising two kids, mm -hmm. you got to take care of a husband. Like, how do you do it all? Um, I really, it's funny because speaking of Snapchat, I follow Jordan Fernie who does, uh, Oh Happy Day and I've uh -huh. followed her forever, but she, she just had her third baby. And so on Snapchat, she keeps posting like, there she is in her office with the baby. And then she's surrounded by all these like, you know, breast pump pieces and like all the bags of breast pump. And she keeps, she keeps doing all these posts and she'll write on it, just having it all. And I just die laughing every time because it's like. Oh my gosh, it's such a joke, you know, it's, it's, and she, and that's what she's getting at. Obviously she's being sarcastic about it. You know, she's like sitting here on the couch and my kid is sobbing next to me while I'm at my office having it all. So, <laughs> that like, sounds, yeah, that's that exactly. sounds like a Tina Fey kind of moment. It totally is. You know, and I, I'm like, that's exactly what it is. There's no such thing as having it all and balance is ever elusive. And, and I just, I'm trying to have a lot of grace on myself in this particular season of my life. Um, that's also, you know, it's, it's been tough. It's hard. I, it's hard to have two kids, period. It's hard to have two kids and work. It's hard to work. I mean, it's, it's just hard to have the, one kid. It's hard to have anything. And it's just life is hard sometimes. And so I'm trying to have grace. Um, I go to counseling and get some backup there and support. Um, luckily my husband is very supportive of any of my creative endeavors. And I try to really maximize my child-free hours, whether that be during nap time for my kids, um, or getting a babysitter. And, and again, things are just so different in the school year than they are in the summer. Summer is just a hard period. Um, so I, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't see that there's any one answer to having it all. It's not easy there. It's, it's just hard. Um, there is no role model for me for how to do this right or well. And there's definitely days when I do it better than other days. And other days where I'm like, well, shoot, can we just can we erase their, can we erase the kid's memory? <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, yeah. So this I, is going I to permanently traumatize them. I don't have, I wish I had the magic bullet for it. You know, I really do. Cause it's, it's just hard. Well, and there's no manual. I mean, you no. really do have to figure it out every day. It's just, well, and, and like, you know, I've got an eight year old and then I have a one and a half year old. So we started over, you know, it's like, we just, we totally started over with the baby and, you know, my oldest one, he's in school during the school year, you know, five days a week, all day long. And so, you know, when, before I had the baby, you know, it was, I had 30 solid hours a week of child-free work time. And once the baby came along, I was like, well, crap, we're back to 10 hours a week guaranteed. And that's assuming I only do work and nothing else. So it's, I'm, again, I'm trying to have grace in the season and realize that it's going to pass. There will be a time when I will have a solid 30 to 40 hours a week to accomplish stuff again. But, you know, every stage is fleeting and passing. And, and I'm trying to recognize that this season of my life is that period of time when I'll look back one day and say, that was the best, those are the best years of our lives together with teeny tiny kids. So it's just, you know, day by day. 
So what do you do for self-care? I mean, this is, it's a lot like, you know, I, I don't want to throw this out there to flaunt maybe a little, but you know, I don't have kids. So, and I struggle with it. Like it's a lot to play interior designer and handle these really big jobs with a lot of money and blogging and, you know, being all the plate spinning. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. And I can't even freaking imagine throwing kids into that. But like, for me, it's very, very important that I get in yoga. It's very important that I meditate. It's very important that I get sleep. And I notice that when one of those factors is not there, I'm not as creative and I'm not my best self. Well, and I, I completely agree with that. Um, for me, I mean, sleep is probably the number one thing and that's the, and, and I'm frankly, I'm recovering from a major sleep deficit because the baby did not sleep through the night for the first 15 months of his life. So I'm only just now recovering from so much sleep deficit and it's absolutely true. It It takes a huge toll. So, um, sleep is probably the main thing. Um, I can't say that I have a ton of time to go work out. So I, I'm trying to have grace and remember that that season will come back, you know, at some point, um, having alone time for me, I, I would, I would call myself an extroverted introvert. Like I love being out and around people and doing stuff, but I need, I need a solid amount of alone time to just think and be quiet and read or whatever. So that's kind of a big deal. And frankly, counseling, counseling is huge that's a huge self-care kind of thing. It's not necessarily fun, but it really is um, a huge part of maintaining any kind of quality of mental health. Um, and then, yeah, just getting out of town, going somewhere alone with my husband. That's been a huge element of it. And getting fresh inspiration because I think it's so easy to get in a creative rut when you're looking at the same four walls every single day. Um, so, yeah, just... Um, Try not to over schedule and over commit and grace, 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 grace. Yeah, well, I think it's important because I, I know that a lot of my listeners are moms and they do struggle. Like they really beat themselves up because oh, yeah. there's this stigma that, you know, if you, if you are a mom and you have a company, then you have to be able to do it all and have it all. And it's so hard. Um, yeah, it, it and it's incredibly hard. And I have a lot of friends who, you know, and I have a lot of friends that have an unsupportive spouse. Mm, that's that's brutal. So I can't imagine trying to, no. you know, be an excellent parent and self care and run an, an empire. It's like you know something's got to give. So there's just there's no way to there's just no way. Yeah, the the supportive spouse thing. And that's 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 the foundation on which everything else is built. You know. Um, in so many ways. I just cannot imagine. Um, I can't imagine my husband not being my biggest cheerleader and he truly is. Um, so something's falling down over in the corner. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a huge deal. It's a big deal. Well, it is a big deal because if you don't have that support, then, you know, it, there's a lot to be said about when your foundation, your home foundation is not strong then it really plays in on your self-worth and how you feel about yourself. And then you're going through life with this level of disappointment and frustration. And that plays out in everything that you do. Totally. Totally. So tell us what uh, a daily routine or a day to day with Rachel Shingleton looks like. Um, In the summer, again, it's going to be different than it is during the school year. Um, In the school year, you know, it's, getting Jude off to school in the morning and, you know, getting the baby situated. He's still in a two nap a day kind of routine. So sounds awesome. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was talking about for me. <laughs> that, see, again, they don't know how good they have it. Right. I mean, right. Right. I, I'm like, this is as good as it's going to get kid, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's running errands in the morning if need be. And usually that old afternoon nap, that's, that's, the solid like several hours at a time that I can knock out projects or photograph stuff for the blog or answer emails and that kind of stuff. And then again, you know, late afternoon is, um, hanging out with everybody and, um, school pickup and, um, dinner prep and then everybody to bed. And then it's like my husband and I can sit and binge on Netflix and tap around on the computers. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) So, 
for somebody who is just starting out, um, you know, I get asked this question a lot, like, should I have a blog? Mm -hmm. um, you know, my answer is always like, uh, duh, yes, you should. But for somebody who's starting out, who's maybe looking to, you know, uh, who is a designer of any sort and looking um, just for some inspiration, what would be some of your tips for them? Man, I think that there, if I was starting out now, I think I would be very intimidated by the amount of, I don't want to say competition, because I don't really know that I view it as competition. I, I mean, we all have a place, you know, we all have a voice. and But I think it's easy to get overwhelmed by everybody else out there kind of clamoring for attention. And I think the most important thing is that you just focus on what it is that you have to say. Like, what is your core message that you value above all else? And I think you just have to write I really legitimately think you have to write like nobody's reading and just get out there and practice the art of writing every, well, I mean, every single day or however many times, you know, a week or a month that you've committed to doing it. Um, and I just, I think I would just commit to, if I was starting out, just wanting to do the best I could. But again, just, just think of it as a practice. It's a practice. It's a practice. It's just the same as if you were, you know, an artist and you wanted to, write in your or draw in your sketchbook every day. Um, and just don't pay too much attention to the numbers. I mean, the numbers really, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in like, Oh, how many followers and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, and so my, true. Yeah, especially with your just, blog. Yeah. You know, and, and it's so easy to compare. And I find that when I start to worry about, um, everybody else, it means I'm really not doing the best work that I can do. And I just need to like shut my brain up and stop worrying about everybody else and just do me. So true. I mean, uh, Leo Bobata, Bobata, I'm not sure how to say his last name, but from Zen Habits, that's exactly what he did. I mean, talk about an inspiration story. You know, here he is, a single dad with six kids oh my gosh. and working another job. And he would get up at like four in the morning and write every single wow. day. Yeah, and so that's a that's, practice. You know, talk about, you know, just the, the art and practice of writing, just yeah. do it. Yeah. And so he would get up and he would write every single day and he started Zen Habits and he was actually writing for other people as well. So, you know, talk about bleeding content. Yeah, no joke. And then he was able to quit his job and he has this multi-million dollar, you know, Zen Habits now. But mm. I would totally agree with that, that it, you just have to, like, when I started the blog, I did not consider myself a writer. I would have been like, I have nothing to say. What am I going to write about? And like my grammar skills are terrible. Like I'm not a writer. I'm a, a right brain, like creative interior designer person. Like I don't, I don't write. And now I find that because I've been writing for so many years with the blog, one, it's super easy for me to, you know, start a blog post now. I don't have writer's block. Um, right. If a newspaper or somebody reaches out to me, I can very quickly respond to them without, you know, getting so far up in my head and getting in my own way. Right. And it's easy for me to do things like whether I'm jumping on Facebook or doing a video or anything. It's like the information is there because it's just like I'm writing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I find it incredibly valuable. And like you said, don't get caught up in the numbers. I have a, a lot of listeners that are like, oh, my God, I started a blog and I've gotten two people. It's yeah. just like like great that's great you have two people who are totally engaged you know right it's better than having a hundred thousand that really don't give a shit they don't care yeah and I mean it's just I don't know I I did um Brene Brown's um video series on the gifts of imperfection last year uh -huh. yeah. I, actually we did it through my my church and it was like it was like such great art therapy um because she was talking about how you know, we show up to class with a sketchbook and she was like, I just want you to skip the first page just because there's something psychological about getting started. Like you're just staring at this blank sketchbook page going like, what greatness can I possibly fill the first page with? Well, stop worrying, stop worrying about it and just skip it. And that's so silly, but so powerful. Just get started. It doesn't matter. Forget it. You know, the first post doesn't have to be the best post. It just, just just do it. Just get something out there. Yeah, and I'll say one of the best tips that I ever got from a business coach many years ago, she, when I started writing, I told her I would get like this writer's block and be like, I don't know what the hell to write. And she gave me the best tip. She said, go to the grocery store and look at all of the magazines. And she said, oh, the yeah. best place to get titles and inspiration from is the Inquirer. She said, because the <laughs> headlines are so 
they're either raunchy or scandalous or they really are eye-catching and they do that they, they want to be cutting edge and cut throat because they want to peel through the noise and grab your attention exactly yeah and so exactly. that's what i would do i would like go and i would look at these crazy ass headlines <laughs> and then she would be like and then take that and then put it into an interior design article that's hilarious and i mean you know and that's really when the start of my blog really started like it started to really get a voice because i would have these crazy headlines that would like make people go wait what yeah. And it would grab people's attention and then I would be able to get, you know, and that's really yeah. important now because there is so much noise and there's just, you know, yes. so much nonsense. Yes. And I think so that much. it takes a lot of dedication because it is so time consuming and uh, like a lot of older designers, I mean, there are some that still don't even have a website and they'll be like, well, why am I going to sit down and write down all of this free information for like two hours and like get nothing in return? Like, why am I going to do that? It seems so hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, you want people to, I don't, yeah. Uh, there's just, it's hard to argue with that. Like, it's like, you don't get it. Like you don't get the value of connecting. It's, it's, it boils down to connecting. Well, it boils down to connecting, and it's so hard. I feel like, especially after the economy collapse in 08, it's like the level of trust that people have, it's, you know, this is such a great way to be able to get your voice across and your vision across and your philosophy across and your mission. And it's like, it's a great way, like you said, to really build up that community and and get across to people um, your point of view. And then you connect with other people, and then it's like they know, like, and trust you, and then it just makes sense for them. Yes, exactly. And then it also helps your Google rankings. I mean, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Just a small minor detail, but yes. You know, it's like one of the the biggest uh, global search engines in the world, and it's like if it sees that you're not doing anything to your website and it's just stagnant, it's like, pfft. I have nothing yeah. to do with See you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Another another testament to blogging frequently is its new content. It, it makes it it makes Google excited. Oh, totally. I love that. So, Rachel, thank you for coming oh on today. Happy I mean, here. And I I think we may have mentioned at the beginning. Rachel is. Are you in a coffee shop? I was, and now I'm in the Aloft Hotel down the street. Sweet. So that's why we heard really cool background noise. I mean, she's a creative, so she always does things differently and weird. So thank you for that. Oh I know. I had to leave. I couldn't. My babysitter's at the house of the kids, and I was like, there's no way I will be able to accomplish jack squat at home. So. <laughs> well, it's funny because I have cats, and so it never fails when I get on to the podcast oh, wow. and I'm talking. They're like, ooh, what's mom ooh. doing? Ooh, can I come lay on the on the keyboard? They're laying Should on I the lay? keyboard. Yeah. They're knocking stuff off the desk. Yep, they're exactly. fighting. You know, they're getting into like uh, my youngest, the one, which actually, ironically, we got from Oklahoma City. Yes, yes. Yeah. The baby that we just got, she was underneath the desk chewing on the cords, and I'm like, oh my god, uh, she's gonna unplug the computer yeah, while we're totally. in the middle of this. Oh no, that's a yeah, I absolutely. <laughs> Gotta love cats for that very reason. What is life without a little chaos? That's exactly true. So, Rachel, if people are interested in learning more about you, want to check you out, stalk you, how do they find you? Um, you can find me online at my website. It's pencilshavingstudio.com. Um, I'm on Instagram at pencilshavings. I'm on Snapchat at ps-studio. Um, yeah, so come, come on down. Rad. Thank you for running all over Oklahoma City to find Wi-Fi. Um, you know, first world problems over here. It really is. It absolutely is. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on. It was um, really awesome to chit-chat with you yeah. um, and talk about blog stuff because I love blog stuff. Me too. Me too. So there you have it. There's no such thing as having it all. And Rachel's right. Trying to be perfect can put surmounting pressure on you that just isn't necessary. Learn to express yourself in a creative way. Find your creative genius, whatever that looks like for you, and just be you. Period. I'm your host, Amanda. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast today. And if you'd like more information, you can email us at info at gatesinteriordesign.com. Or you can find me on social media at the Amanda Gates. Or, of course, you can always find us on the website, Gates and
interiordesign.com. Bye for now.